Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Have you ever had a dream that just felt really real? Kiddos, you're in here today. Give me a quick rundown. Have you ever had a dream? Jake, give me a snippet as loud as you can so I can hear you. What? What is one of the dreams you remember it just felt real when you had it? What did he say? Never mind, I'm not asking Jake no more. And don't draw that for my board, Jake. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, snake pits. Okay. Whew. Yeah, that's a bad dream, by the way, Jake, whether you think so or not. That's a bad, right, Mama? That's a bad dream. Yeah, okay. I've had those dreams, sometimes the bad ones. That's the ones that can feel so real. I remember as a a youngster um, having a bad dream, something bad had happened to my mom, and I just remember feeling so panicked when I woke up. I flew down the stairs, ran to my mama, and hugged her neck like nobody's business. And she had no idea what was going on. But I just needed to confirm that that dream was not real, that my mama was still there, right? I've also had those dreams, has anybody else, can you relate, where, man, your whole senses come alive. Like, I remember dreaming about my grandmother, and it had been several years after she passed, and I remember getting to sit and talk with her, and it just felt so real. So real, in fact, that when I woke up, I could still smell, I don't know, Anybody else, my grandma, she was a smoker, and and she would roll her own cigarettes, okay? And she had this old leather roller. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you would sit your paper in, you'd lay the tobacco in there. Don't listen, kids. This is bad stuff. And, And, you know, then you would, like, lick that paper, and you would pull a lever, and it would roll the cigarette, okay? Um... And as a kid, I thought that was fun. I would roll cigarettes from my grandmother. That is so horrible now. But it's one of those smells that triggers my memory. So when I woke up from that dream, it was so real. I could smell that leather and smell that tobacco. And it just, you know what I'm talking about. When your dreams feel so real. Peter had one of those moments. But only... It was a little different because his was reality that he thought was a dream that he was going through. Turn with me to Acts chapter 12 this morning. We're still going through our prayer series. Um, Hopefully you're enjoying. There's still some of the devotionals. And here's the deal. Those devotionals, yeah, they got dates on them, but you don't have to pay attention to that. If there's somebody you want to share that devotional with, please pick those up and take them with you to share, um, and let the person know, hey, you can just start it now. You don't have to pay attention to the dates. Just read through and go through the devotional. Um, We have so enjoyed them on Wednesday nights. You are missing it on Wednesday nights. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. And he had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. 
Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. Lord, this is your word today, alive and active, ever true. And may it change us today because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's three questions I want you to keep in the back of your mind as I go through this sermon today. First one, am I praying as I ought to pray? Say I. I. Second question, are we, the church, praying as we ought to pray? Say we. We. Are you praying as you ought to pray? Say you. So I, we, and you. How are we praying? Now, why is Peter in jail? So Herod Agrippa, he's the grandson of Herod the Great, remember. Herod the Great was the one that was trying to kill Jesus when he was a baby, right? So this is his grandson, Herod Agrippa. He began to persecute, the scriptures say, some Christians. So this was not like a total persecution going on. This was where he was picking the leaders. He was trying to make a statement with those that he was persecuting. And he had already put James to death. By sword, it says. Now, verse 3 says that this pleased the Jews so much that he thought, oh, they, they like that, so let's do it again. He got Peter and threw him in jail. Do you understand this was a political move for Herod Agrippa? He was trying to sweeten the deal with the Jews, right? He, he wants to keep the Romans happy. He wants to keep the Jews happy. It was an all a political move. So, so when we think about things going in our, on in our world today, it's really not new, by the way. New faces, new time, but the same old song. The enemy is still working the same way. And he put Peter in, in jail, and he gave him round-the-clock guards, all right? That's why it said there was four squads of four. And so they would rotate throughout the 24-hour period. So he wanted to make sure Peter's not going anywhere. And what was the church's response? They wasn't out there with picket lines, and they wasn't out there screaming and hollering. They were gathered in prayer together. But it said, here's the key word. My version said, very earnestly they were praying. That means sincere, very intense conviction in how they were praying for Peter. Now, I'm not sure you and I understand this today. Because how do, how do I pray? How do we pray? How do you pray? Because see, a lot of times it's, Text the pastor, can, can we put this on the prayer list? Which means, put it on the list so that if people see it, if they think about it, they can pray for this person, right? So that we remember them in prayer. Or, or on Facebook, if somebody puts something, what do we do? We jump in the comments and we, we say praying or, or praying for you or, or the little emoji hands. What, what is it? I don't know. Whatever the little emoji stuff is, right? And we go on probably. But the Greek definition of this word means stretched out, intent, or there's the word earnest. In other words, it's something that is ongoing. It's not, I said a prayer and I went on with my day. 
just as these guards were rotating, I have a feeling the church was rotating in prayer. Ethel, wake up. It's your turn. Right? They were stretching it out through the night for Peter. And it interests me that this word for for earnest only shows up two times in the Bible. Here in Acts chapter 12 and in 1 Peter, it's used again for our earnest love for one another. Our ongoing, intentional love for each other. So this was an intentional prayer. They knew that Peter is in jail. It didn't end so good for James. So now we got to be on guard because this ain't looking good for Peter. We know he's, he's holding off. See, it was, it was during the time of Passover. So Herod is holding off, and as soon as Passover's over, it's not looking good, and only God can intervene, right? But here's what cracks me up. So the, the church is praying all night for Peter. What is Peter doing? Verse 6. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep. Are you kidding me? He was asleep the night before his trial, a trial that he probably knew was his impending death coming because Herod is fired up and making a point. And Peter's sleeping strapped to a guard on either side of him. And see, they were going to the extra links on this because normally if you were in jail like this, you would have one guard strapped to you. So like your right hand or leg is strapped to their left, one guard. They've got him on both sides. You ain't going nowhere, guy. And he's asleep. Peter had trust like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? He said, God will either deliver me or he'll go with me. But he was in full trust. My question, how am I praying? How are we praying? How are you praying? Because Peter prayed with full trust, obviously. My question is, Peter's asleep. The night before he possibly could be sentenced to death, how did you sleep last night, church? How well did you sleep? Or how how long was you up worried about whatever it was you're worried about? Right? You know, Peter knew what the worst case scenario in this was going to be for him. And yet, he found trust enough to sleep that night. That's pretty awesome to me. And I think even if I stopped right there, that's the sermon that you can trust God with the worst-case scenario and still sleep. Because, see, when when we don't sleep, when we are so worried, it's because we're still trying to figure out how to fix it. We wasn't really up praying about it, was we? We were really trying to fix it. We were running through every scenario that we could. And then verse 7, this is, this is when things start getting fun for Peter. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter and the angel struck him 
on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. One of the songs Brittany sang, The power to break every chain. Wow. So, so this is where, you know, we usually, you know, want to focus on the, the angel showing up and all the bright lights and the chains falling. I, I just got to tell you what I've been rereading all week on this passage. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. So, like, this isn't your um, kiddos, remember in the movie Finding Nemo and Crush had to wake up Marlin when he, like, passed out, Remember? When he was on the Australian current thing, right? And he was like, dude, you wake up. No, this angel comes in and whacks him in the side and says, get up, Peter. So, hubbies, I got to tell you, the next time you're woke up in the middle of the night with an elbow, you have to ask yourself, did my wife just wake me up because I'm snoring? Or did an angel of the Lord strike you? Women go with the angel story every time. All right, I just want you to feign innocence that, no, I, did, I didn't hit you in the side. That must have been God waking you up again. I guess that's what it was. I know no wives do that, right? Because I saw a lot of smirking going on. But here's a life lesson. You know, Peter, can you imagine when I get woke up, I'm not real coherent. And I'm not real friendly either in the middle of the night. Like, I got the name Mama Bear for a reason, Right? You don't wake mama up when she's asleep because she comes up growling like a bear. It ain't because I'm protecting my cubs, by the way. It's because I tried to eat my cubs. That's how I got mama bear, right? And Peter somehow wakes up. This angel says, get up, get dressed. We got to go. And he went. Oh, church, he didn't argue. He didn't say, what, what, what's going on? How are we going to get out of here? Like, you know, there's two more guards outside the door we got to get through, right? You know that. He, he didn't question, did he? He just got up and he left. So when God says, let's go, let's go. Now, this is where Peter thought he was dreaming. Because it says, verse 9, Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time, he thought it was a vision. Right? So this is where reality just didn't quite meet up with what he thought it should look like. He didn't realize it was actually happening, and they passed the first and the second guard and came to an iron gate that was leading to the city, and it opened all by itself for them. And they passed through and started walking down the street, and that's when the angel suddenly left him. You know, just this morning, this is not in my notes, I was, I was thinking on that last part. When they walked down the street, the angel left him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, dude, where are you going? Like, you're my guide. Like, you, you know, because you're knowing, like, I just broke out of jail. That probably isn't going to end well for me. Like, somebody's going to come looking for me. And the angel left him. Why? Because he had done what he needed to. And now it was up to Peter to do what he needed to do. How many times do we say, God, where are you? When honestly, I think it's because God trusts us that you know what you need to do. You just need to do it now. And so Peter did. 
Peter did. He realized it's no dream, and, and he went on to the home of Mary, John Mark's mom, which obviously was known as a place to gather. Like he knew where to go, where the church, where the believers would be. And when he gets there and he's knocking on the door, what is the church doing? They're not having a potluck. We love our potlucks. No, they were all in prayer. And I love this character, Rhoda. She is so overjoyed. She answers the door, and there stands Peter, the one they're praying for. Right? And what does she do? She doesn't let him in. What? She gets so excited. She takes off in the opposite direction, right, to tell everybody, Peter is at the door. Like the one that we're in here praying for, he's outside. And I love this. Nobody believes her. In fact, they tell her it's probably just his ghost. It's not even him. Church, why do we do that? Why do we pray for something and then act so shocked when it happens? Huh. Because maybe we wasn't trusting God to do it to begin with. Hmm. Because maybe we go through a motion of prayer sometimes without earnestly praying, intently seeking, and trusting God to answer us. Even if we don't like the answer that we get, because I'm guessing they wasn't expecting Peter at the door. I'm, I'm expecting they were praying and thought, okay, God, maybe Herod will change his mind. Please let him release Peter from jail, right? Let him just flog him a few times. We'll take care of him, Lord, let him out. They wasn't expecting him to show up in the middle of the night. And I love that Peter's still out there. Yo, let me in, you know? And I, I got this image of God when he's like, yo, I'm, I'm right here. I'm still here. Could somebody just open the door? Reading through this, doesn't it make you want to pray earnestly? Doesn't this encourage us? Because, can we just be honest this morning? Here we go. How am I praying? How are we praying? How are you praying this morning? Because I pray, but I probably don't pray earnestly. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be truthful because earnestly, remember, I probably don't pray stretched out continuously. I say my prayers, I get up and I go about my day because my list is long, right? That's what we say, Lord, my list is long of what i got to do today. But what if he's knocking on the door and he'd like us to spend a little extra time with him? Keep praying. Intentionally. Not just sort of a casual, well, here it is, Lord, there's the list, and do what you want to do, and i got to go do my thing now, right? These believers met together like they stopped everything, and they were praying. Oh, I love the song y'all picked. They were praying through with Peter. And I pray, but do I really trust God? Or am I kind of throwing a Hail Mary to him and... I'm still trying to fix it. Because that is really what worry is. 
Worry is you and I trying to come up with the answer. Worry is you and I trying to fix something that we absolutely know we can't even control. But we just keep hoping. If I sit here and I think about it long enough, the right answer will pop into my head. And then the next thing you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you got to get up at 5.30 in the morning. And Where if I was a little more like Peter, I could just go to sleep. I could just go to sleep. How was your sleep last night, church? We probably can put prayer, I think, in two categories. When we pray, we are either praying, God, get me out of this, or God, get me through this. Those are very different things. And there's nothing wrong with either prayer. Get me out of this, Lord. Like, this job is killing me and I need another job. Get me out of this, Lord. The financial mess that I'm in, like, Lord, the economy and, and, you know, what seemed like a great idea two years ago is not a good idea anymore. Get me out of this financial mess, Lord. Get me out of this, Lord. Uh, The debt that I'm in, it's just, it's drowned in me and, and I don't know where to go. Get me out of this. And then there's the prayers, get me through this, Lord. Let's pray through this, as the song said. Grace to sustain us. A few weeks ago, what did Jesus pray for Peter? I pray that your faith will not falter, even after you've messed up and you come back to me. In other words, I'm praying you through the mess that's coming. Get me through this, Lord, strength to stand firm no matter what is coming. Get me through this. Give me the willpower, Lord, to keep on keeping on. When you know that yesterday you thought was enough to kill you, but you got up this morning, and it's the same thing in front of you again. Lord, give me the willpower to keep on. In the garden, Jesus prayed, remember? And what did he say? Lord, take this cup from me. Get me out. And he said, but not my will. Your will be done. Get me through. So if Jesus can pray like that, I can pray like that. It's okay. But I think sometimes we got to know when to stop praying, just get me out and realize, okay, Lord, we're going through this. but I can't do it by myself. Like, I don't know how the finances of of everything is supposed to line up. I don't know how I'm even getting through this week, let alone the next month. Some days it's, I don't know how I'm going to even get through today. It's been one of those kind of weeks this week. You know, my Wednesday night people... I've shared with them how the Uvalde has affected me, and they know. It's just been one of those weeks. That I've asked those questions. God, where were you? Just yesterday as I was going through this sermon, and I stopped and was talking with Thomas, and I was so mad because I said, 
He cloaked Peter, and Peter walked out of that prison. God, why didn't you cloak those 19 babies? That was an honest prayer. And then as I went back to the scripture after I had that moment, verse 2 caught me. He had the apostle James killed with a sword. And I thought, and they could have asked those same questions. Why did James have to die and Peter didn't, Lord? It doesn't make sense sometimes. And some of the, the things that I've, I've dealt with this week because of this, just old history stuff, ask me later, I'll share later. I don't, I don't want to share online, but it's just been a week of God, give me through. And some days, that's the best prayers we have. God, get me through. Because I was having such a struggle this week that I was like, I don't even know that I want to preach this message today. But then God just reminded me, we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. And church, let me just tell you, quit trying to give people answers on Facebook because there isn't a lot of answers for this. And I know that there was people that made mistakes in this that we can be angry about, but don't you think they're going to carry that burden with them? They know. They don't need you to tell them. They know. So I've been praying for those people that made mistakes in this whole thing because you know what? They're at risk now for suicide because they're going to carry that heavy burden. And we don't need to keep throwing rocks at them. In fact, Jesus Christ said, let the one who's not sin throw that first stone. And honestly, the stones these days, this is what it looks like. This is the stone. Because it's so easy to sit there and tell everybody what to do and how to live their life. When if we were honest, our life ain't looking real good. Our choices ain't looking real good. I was reminded this week of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And if we talked about that today, why did Sodom and Gomorrah get destroyed? And it wasn't because of the evil in the city. Oh, we, we can sit here and we can name evils going on in America right now. But why did it get destroyed? Because God couldn't find a righteous person in there. It wasn't what was in there, it was what was not in that city. And Romans 3 says to us that it is written that there's not even one who is righteous. Not one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. Let's put our stones down. Let's mourn with some families this week. And let's just pray over them. And let's pray for our own communities because unfortunately that young man, he was messed up and something was wrong and he was hurting did anybody see him? Did anybody know him? We have those kids in our own community, just so you know. I had one in mind. I just am lucky it was a different outcome for me. It's been a hard week. Our first prayer 
Lord, get me out. I don't want to do this anymore. But if not, Lord, get me through. Get me through. And I feel like some of you, you've had a tough week of your own. Like, I know some of the struggles that are going on. So it's a good time to remember, you saw me before, I've already dropped my Ebenezer stone today because I just needed to remember, God, you've already been there so many times and you got us through. You'll do it again. So if, if Bo, you want to go ahead and start our, our prayer song and for anybody that's new here today, what this is, we call this our Ebenezer jar. Ebenezer is, is the stone of help. And as we come up, we, we initial, just put our initials and drop in there. This is our way of remembering the things God has already done for us. Because it reminds us what he's done. And he can do it again. It reminds us as I look at this stone, it's not just me. I see so many other initials in this jar. And he is a good God. And what he's done for you, he will do for me. Sometimes it looks different. But sometimes we just need that physical reminder of God, I know you're there. Even in the evil, the chaos, and the ugly, you're still a good God. So as our song plays this morning, Ebenezer Jars open. If, if you need church family to gather around you, these altars are open. Stand with me this morning as we close with our song and then in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. And God, I, I had a heaviness coming in here today, but God, I felt you here. And I hope that everyone in this church felt you today. Because it has been a hard week. It's been a heavy week. And God, I'm not even just talking about Uvalde, Lord. I'm talking about the, the different stories that I know are sitting here today. And God, I know that you're a good God. And I've seen your goodness, Lord, even in the worst outcomes. Even, Lord, when the answers was not what we had prayed for. But we still believe you are totally in control. Father, I know some of these prayers that are, are stepping forward. And I just pray for the peace that we saw in Peter today. That God, as we turn these over to you, it's a, it's a way of showing that we trust you, Lord. That in the moments we don't have the answers, you still have those answers, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that even in those moments that we felt like no one understood us, you were still there. Oh, Father, and as this song keeps reminding us, these Ebenezer stones, it's our way of remembering who you are. You are a good, good Father, and we are loved by you. I am so thankful for Jesus Christ. I am so thankful he came and walked this earth, God. One, to show me what it looks like to follow you, to come and seek you, Father. But he also paid a price for my sins. And Father, I am so thankful for that. 
that even before I was seeking you, you already knew where I was. And Father, somebody in here today needs to know you're not finished yet. There is still so much to their story. You're not finished with them yet. Lord, we love you. And I pray as we leave this place today, and I know that we have plans with family today and and throughout the remainder of this holiday. God, I know some families are remembering the loved ones lost serving our country, and we thank them for that freedom that they fought for. But God, may we use that freedom to love on others today. So as we leave this place, Lord, May we love on our family. May we love on our friends. But God, may we continue to love on others as we encounter them everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Now may we go and love others. In Jesus' name, amen. Church family, have a beautiful blessed holiday weekend. And go be a blessing to someone. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.